Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile work environment. Hello. Welcome to the first episode of Hostile Work Environment with Mark and Dennis. Say hello, Dennis. Hello, Dennis. Yeah, that's like the oldest gag in the history of the universe. It, it, it really is. Yeah. So, so how's it going? Uh, pretty good. How about you? I'm really excited to start our podcast. Yeah, me too. This is the very first episode. It, it is. It's historic. It's it's monumental. Monumental. This is what the internet was made for right here. Right. The two of us saying nothing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to do you want to talk about you know what we're here to talk about today? Yeah. So, if you didn't listen to episode 0, and you should cuz it's gold. And I know that because we haven't even recorded it yet. But when you hear this, there will be an episode zero. And trust me, it's going to be gold. It'll but be amazing. Amazing. And in that episode zero, you're going to hear all about what this podcast is about. But in case you haven't listened to that episode, what we're all about is, well, Mark and I are both employment lawyers. How long have we been doing this, Mark? A long freaking time. Ten long. years we've known each other. In yeah. fact, in fact, do you want to hear a crazy fact? Yeah, tell me about it. Today is our 10-year Facebook friendiversary. Friendiversary? Friendiversary. We've been friends on Facebook for 10 years. Wow. Today. And we still talk to each other. We still talk to each other. You want to hear another like crazy fact? Yeah. We have liked each other on Facebook 647 times in 10 years. Wow. I didn't even That's think that there were that fact. many things to do on Facebook and even in 10 years. Or so. that I've even logged on to it that many times. Yeah. Wow. Right. So, yeah, it's a monumental day for so many reasons. Monumental day. And our listeners get to be a part of that. They, they do. It's a privilege. A right and a privilege. Yeah. <laughs> but really, what's this podcast about besides us liking each other 600 well, and sometimes? As you said, we're both employment lawyers. We've been doing this uh, upwards of 15 years. Yeah. Um, Between the each- two of us, we've probably got 35 years of labor and employment law experience in this room. That's true. And one thing that you're not going to get from this podcast is a podcast that sounds like two people that have 35 years of labor and employment experience. No, it's going to sound like amateur hour. It's going to sound like amateur hour, and it's going to be funny. It's going to be seriously funny. Seriously funny? Seriously funny. Or funnily serious. Or funnily serious. Funnily. It's a word. Look it up. Funnily. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what we're here to talk about is the funny stuff that happens in the workplace. And if that means that we get to talk a little bit about the employment law parts of that. We will. We'll we'll do that. But we'll do it in a way that doesn't make you want to fall asleep. Or vomit. Or vomit. Well, occasionally you might want to vomit because we're going to talk about real things that happen at work and they're not always pretty. They're often really ugly. Really ugly. But in that often awesome and hilarious way. We will find the funny in the sad. That's right. That's right. It feels like we do that every day. <laughs> that, so we just want to bring that to all of you. Yeah. It is our coping mechanism. It's kind of like gallows humor for us is that you need to find what is funny and what is amusing to get through your day. And for so many of you who we know are HR professionals who work in this sort of environment every day, it can be cathartic. It can be helpful to know that there are other people out there having just as crazy a day as you. If not more. If not more. 
and hearing all about it. Yeah. So that's what we are here to do. That's right. And we're going to have a doozy of a story coming up for you right after this break. Hey, Mark. What up, Dennis? Do you ever give money to NPR? I can't say that I have. Why not? Because I listen to NPR plenty, but if I pay the money, I still have to listen to the pledge drive. And those it, pledge drives are like torture. I I hate, like, I, it makes me not listen to NPR anymore. I know. So we're not going to do that to our listeners, are we? Go to www.patreon.com slash HWE. And if you do that, we'll promise never a pledge drive. Ever. Our promise to you. Bye. And we're back on the hostile work environment with Mark and Dennis. Mark, I hear you've got an interesting story for us today. I have a doozy of a story today. Lay it on us. All right. So I'm going to tell you the story of Billy. 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 So Billy, Billy lived in Georgia. That doesn't shock me. Is his middle name Bob? It, it, for purposes of what we're talking about today, I think it might be. Okay. So Billy Bob lives in Georgia. And he is a devout and religious Christian. And Billy worked for a company called Berry Plastics Corporation. Billy worked as an extrusion line operator. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to be serious. Extrusion line operator. Do do you have any idea? Um, Actually, I do. Because I used to have a client that had an extrusion line. And what is, pray tell, an extrusion line? Um, If you're working in plastics or malleable materials some of those are ex- extruded have you did you ever have a play-doh i did set when you were a kid and oh you'd yeah put the play-doh, play-doh in it and you'd smash it through this thing and it'd and squirt s- out this big log and a star shape that's an extrusion line imagine okay. that just on a big huge industrial scale okay so that's what our friend billy bob all right was doing playing with so, his play-doh playing with his play-doh uh at berry plastics okay so, Barry is a company that takes workplace safety so, so very seriously. And they well, were, You don't want to, like, extrude something into your eye or... Well, no, I'm saying it's, it, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. We it's applaud a good thing. We applaud, we applaud Barry. So, the way that they went about doing that was that they required each of their employees every single day to wear a sticker on their outfit, on their uniform... That said the number of days since the company's last accident. Okay. Sounds like a good idea. I can't imagine that going wrong. Absolutely no way to imagine that. None. So, for example, if it had been 342 days since the last accident, workers would wear the number 342 on their outfit that day, on a sticker that was handed to them in the morning when they came in. Makes sense. So... About three years after Billy Bob joined Barry, they were on a really, really good run. They'd gone for several years without any sort of incident. Okay. So I guess that all of the safety consciousness was was really working. Starting to the, pay the, off. the sticker the sticker, the sticker program works. sticker program was gold. <laughs> so the number of days since the last accident moved above six hundred and fifty. Whoa. So, remember what I said about Billy's faith? Yeah. I'm starting to get a sense that this is going to become a problem for him in a couple weeks. It it very well may. So, 
a week or two before the 666 number came about, Billy informed his supervisor that for religious reasons, he would not wear the number 666 on his uniform. Uh, why not, Mark? Well, it's the number of the beast, Dennis. Oh, like in the Iron Maiden song? That's right. 666, the number of the beast. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, so it's, he he doesn't want to have that on his uniform. Okay. So he's not into metal, is basically. He's not into metal. Okay. Or Satan. Maybe Amy Grant. <laughs> Maybe Amy Grant. All right. so, Which I don't think she ever covered the number of the beast. I don't think she did. If, if she did, you know, if you know, if anybody has an Amy Grant cover of the number of the, ble- we, the beast. We want please it. Send please it send us. it in. We will play it on the podcast. All right. So he informed his supervisor a couple of weeks in advance of, of the oncoming date, assuming they stayed accident free for the next two weeks, that he wouldn't wear it. And his supervisor said, okay. All right. Problem solved. Right. Everything's good, right? Everything's good. Wrong. Wrong? Totally wrong. So two more weeks go by, and the day of the 666 number of the beast arrives. Okay. And he goes into work, and his supervisor, who had already told him. It's going to be chill. It's going to be totally chill, says, totally not chill. You got to wear the sticker. It's the rules. Wow. And Billy Bob says, wait a minute, dude. I thought we talked about that yeah right like come on and his supervisor said no your beliefs are ridiculous he actually told him that according to the complaint according to according the to the complaint which... all this is based on a complaint that was actually filed uh, in georgia okay and his supervisor gave him a choice he could go back to work and wear the number of the beast or he could choose to take a three-day suspension wow so what'd Billy do? He took the suspension. That, that's pretty devout. That is pretty devout. I so mean, three days will buy you, a, you know, three days pay buy a lot of malt liquor. It'll buy a lot of things. Yeah. So he took the three-day suspension and went home. Okay. So he returns on the fourth day, goes into work, and they fired him. Why? Unclear. All right. Basically, they told him, you're fired for refusing to work three days ago. Now, the company... Well, he was willing to work. He just didn't want to wear the number, the number. of the beast while working. Right. So there seems to be a bit of an issue there in the in the stated reason for the, okay. for the yeah. termination. So the company also had a policy that said that if the employee misses one day of work, which is all, all he would have missed given the suspension... Right, if he'd only left for the one day as opposed to being right. suspended for three days, it only should have resulted in a suspension in the first place, not a termination. So they violated, according to Billy Bob, their own policy yeah. on on missing time from work. Wow. Not good. So what did Billy do? What did our friend Billy Bob well, he sued go them. do? He did sue them for religious discrimination and retaliation. So but then we have a problem. We do? Again? Well, a problem for you and me, not for Billy oh, Bob. Okay. Yeah. We don't have any more information about oh. what happened because this this complaint was filed. Yeah. And that's where the trail goes dry. So hmm. using my lawyer spidey sense, I yeah. would take that to mean that the case probably settled shortly thereafter. Because if they had hired one of us, I think we'd have told him to settle that one, right? 
I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. So why why would you advise the employer to settle that case? Well, first off, violating your own policy is never a helpful fact. Not a good way to start. It's one we don't want. If you're going to have a policy, follow it. Or don't have a policy. I'd rather you not have a policy than you have one and then you choose to ignore it. Best off, have a policy and then, I, I don't know, follow that policy. Maybe that's a good idea. Um, can't argue. Yeah. I want to argue because I love to argue with you, but I, of course. I can't argue with well, you. Well, I'll give you plenty of opportunity so, later on. But. So what about the standard for accommodating a religious request? Well, last time I checked, that threshold is pretty low. Um, for an employer... If you can show that the accommodation requested by the employee presents an undue hardship, you don't have to provide it. And unlike the area of disability accommodation where undue hardship is actually really hard, undue hardship in the religious discrimination is really a pretty low threshold. Basically means if it causes you some minor inconvenience, you can claim it's an undue hardship. But but Dennis... The plastics company was going to have to not put a sticker on his shirt that day. The horror. I mean, that here we finally find something that, like, that is not even an inconvenience for anybody. I mean... Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. So this totally meets the standard of totally what the company should have accommodated. Totally meets the standard. I mean, I don't know if Billy Bob and his lawyer went into this. But I'd be afraid of getting some discovery about, like, have other people just not worn the sticker and not gotten fired for non-religious reasons? Or just because they forgot. Or because it fell off. Or, you know, how many of those little stickers are, like, stuck onto the shop floor? Right, or got stuck in the extrusion machine and actually caused the accident. Yeah, that that would actually be (laughs) awesome. Well, no. Assuming nobody gets hurt, right? Because if nobody got (laughs) hurt. But, you know, if it was, like, a paper cut or something, that would be awesome. Um, But, no, I mean, it's almost impossible to come up with a scenario in which letting Billy not wear the number of the beast for one day is going to cause an employer an undue hardship. What? I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it either. And what I would really love at some point, maybe maybe we can do some research. Let's, I want to find the company's attorney. Oh I want to know what their position was in this. Because, you know, you and I have both seen so many complaints over the course of our career oh, that yeah. when you read them, you're like, oh, my God, I, my client did that? And then you talk to your client and you're like, no, we no, didn't do that. It's all BS. Totally not what happened. <laughs> no. Let me tell you about that. And then you're like, oh, okay. Okay. Now we get it, right? <laughs> now we get it. So I want to know, is there something like that here? The fact that it's settled so quickly and there's no further yeah. docket in this case tells me that probably the answer to that is they didn't really have a good defense. Probably not. But... We'll never know. If any of you know um, Billy Bob or Barry, let us know. Let us know. We, we, we want to We'd know. love to know more about this case. We think it's brilliant. So, Mark, what would have been an undue hardship where this kind of thing would have been justified? I don't know. It would have. I think there's a bit of a sliding scale there, right? So, yeah. I, I think if if he said, "I can't come to work," you know, with some sort of regularity, or if if it would have caused him to simply not be able to work on the floor at all. Yeah. 
anything like that would have that might be an undue hardship. would have been an undue hardship right like we said it's not a very high standard when it comes to the religious side of it as opposed no. to the disability side right and and the employer's obligation is not the employer's obligation is not huge here right i mean no, it's, it's not so it, i don't think it would have taken a whole lot to get there but this isn't that this isn't that where we usually see in a religious accommodation case is holiday or weekend work. Um, right. Somebody who observes Sabbath on a day when the business is open and doesn't want to have to work that day. And, you know, usually what happens, the cases I've seen is somebody is very religious. They observe on a Sunday, but that also happens to be the, the day that professional football is played and other people are equally passionate about that, but maybe not religious in that sense. And the religious person would like to have that day off so that they could go to church and worship or do whatever they do. And the football fans also want that day off so they can watch football. And then it gets ugly because one of those is religion protected by a federal law, many, many state laws. The other of which football, as much as you might be into it. I, I, I'm a member of the Church of Niffle. Niffle? Niffle. Niffle? Is that what it's called? Is NFL. That, is that like the deity? Niffle? Niffle. Is, is that like Baal or some sort of demon god that people pray to i i know millions of people who pray to that particular demon god every sunday every well, single sunday sundays in the fall sundays in the yeah. fall so anyway yeah there, there's cases where it can be an undue hardship to provide somebody with a religious accommodation such as days off or exemptions from uniform standards if it presents a safety hazard but not wearing a sticker yeah, I don't That's know. never going to get you there. And I would always advise my clients, if you can do it, do it. If there's a way that you can have somebody cover the shift or if there's a way that you can do it in such a way that it just does do not it. cause there to be yeah. a problem, just do it. Whether you believe in that religion or not, whether you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're always going to end up better off if it's possible to accommodate it. Accommodate to, to be the one that does that and be to be the good guy, be the good, be the employer of choice to use a corporate term. Yeah. Be the employer of choice. And even if the accommodation is a bit of a pain, think of it this way. If you refuse the accommodation, you're probably setting up a negative relationship with that employee, right? Absolutely. Then that employee later on down the road might get in trouble, might get disciplined, might get fired. And when that happens, they're going to point back at the request for the accommodation and say, that's what started it all. You had this a motive. This is where now. it began. And my firing, my discipline, my whatever, that's retaliation. For the request that I made. Right. They'll also be looking at it from a discriminatory, discriminatory point of view to say, you're not treating other people who have similar requests in the same way that you're treating me. Right. So, so you need to tread it, it lightly. Tread lightly. And I, accommodate where you can. Agreed. Well, I think we, good. I think we've beat the number of the beast to death. I think so. I think we've exercised that particular, <laughs> particular demon. demon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, do you want to take a short break and we'll be back in a couple minutes? We'll take a short break. We'll be back. Stay tuned.
Mark, we're back. Um, we were just talking about religious accommodation and religious discrimination. Um, I got another one for you. Go for it. This is the Scottish Foods case. I am not familiar with yeah, this. I didn't think so. So here's what happened. Scottish Foods is the business that was running a Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise. Whereabouts? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. What matters is they fired an employee for not wearing pants. Of course they did. Of course. You'd think, right? You would think, right? But So here's the deal. If you want to work at Kentucky Fried Chicken, they have a uniform, right? Of course they do, yeah. And I have to admit I haven't been in a Kentucky Fried in about 35, 40 years. But I think they're like hideous ugly brown pants and some sort of shirt and maybe like a One brown vest right or like a hat or something there like, might be a there hat. might be like like but, a, yeah so they th- this one franchise had a female employee who for religious reasons refused to wear pants which particular religion would that be i have no clue because i i want to sign up the the pants free religion. Pants free right? religion. I love it. I... The church of an unfurnished basement. I, I have no <laughs> idea what religion this could possibly be. But her religious belief was that she would not wear pants. Now, it's not in the case, and this is what drives me nuts. But I'm going to just assume that she wanted to wear some other form of garment waist down, like a skirt or you know something. Okay. Right. That, like, I, I hope that's a good assumption to make. I, I'm hoping so. Cause if she wants to go like, you know, full tackle out from the waist on down, I'm thinking the EEOC is not going to take that case, but they did take this case because they felt it would be a reasonable accommodation for the employer, Scottish Foods, to waive its dress code as applies to this one employee and let her wear, presumably, some other form of garment than pants. You would think that would be a reasonable thing to allow her to do. But I think this one's way closer than the one that we were just talking about. Because wouldn't you have an interest in maintaining some sort of uniformity amongst your workforce if they're going to be in a public-facing kind of way, all wear the same uniform, all be easily recognizable? I think that that's true to a point, absolutely. But Where's the point? Well, I think it depends on how much, what percentage of the uniform may or may not be worn. Can you see her from the waist down? Is that's she working true. the register? If she's working if, the register, who cares? Is she in the back making the fried chicken? It could be. And again, I don't know. But if she is, it could be a safety issue. That's true. Because if you're back there with the deep fat fryer and you're putting the chicken in and it's splashing all over the place, you don't want like bare skin. Right. And in that case, I would say, we'd love to accommodate you, but is there a way that we can we can meet in the middle here? Yeah. Right? So you don't have to wear pants, but you do have to wear something that covers your legs because we can't right. allow there to be such a safety issue of having grease splattering on your exposed right. legs. Like an apron. Like an apron. Yeah. You know, the other cases where this often comes up is with headwear that has a religious significance. And the one that's come up a lot is with Sikhs. Um, Sikhs, for those of you who don't know, 
Uh, male Sikhs will often, it's, it's a religion that's primarily from India, but male Sikhs will often wear a turban. And sometimes employers' dress policies will say either no hats, nothing on your head, or you have to wear like the hot dog on a stick hat that's really, by the way, ugly. It's a beanie. It's a beanie. It's With a terrible. Prope- it's got a propeller It's got on a it. propeller. It's not good. No. Um, and then if a Sikh comes along and insists on wearing a turban, they often get crosswise with the employer. And the EEOC and the courts have generally said that, like, no, if somebody has a religious need to deviate from your uniform policy, you have to accommodate that as long as, again, it's not posing a safety or health risk. So it's another place where it comes up. I thought you might find that interesting. That's a great story. I'm, Especially because I'm, I'm it com- it's about not wearing I'm pants. Just, I'm totally going to look to make all sure. for not wearing pants. That all my fast food servers are wearing pants from now on. I think you should check that out. And if they're not, you know, you should probably ask them, you know, are, are you safe? <laughs> you know, bikini baristas. That's true. I mean, what if they get scalded? Well, or here, here's a question for you, Mark. And this, I, it's a serious question. What if you are running a bikini barista operation? I don't know what you call those things, coffee shop, coffee stand, but a, a bikini barista. Yeah, here, here in Oregon, we have roadside coffee stands yeah. that aren't really ubiquitous in other places. You don't really see them as much in yeah. other places. But, but in here, Oregon, Washington, we totally have these. They're everywhere. And, and every now and then, one of them will be a bikini barista I, I will confess I pass one every day on yeah. my way uh, to work and back. So what if an applicant shows up to work at that coffee stand, but refuses to wear a bikini on religious grounds and instead wants to wear like the long sleeve prairie dress. I think that I would probably put that into BFOQ kind of territory. What's a BFOQ? That would be a bona fide occupational qualification. So Uh in this particular instance, because the entire nature of the business relates to the fact that the server is wearing a bikini to work there, that's kind of something you have to have. It's something you have to do. Yeah, I can kind of see that. It would be a bit of an undue hardship to allow somebody to come to work in a prairie dress if your customers are expecting to see someone in a bikini. I think that's right. Wow. What if, what if, so what if I went and applied? Well, I think that would also be a potential BFOQ situation. I can wear a bikini. You can, but I think implied in that is that you are female and wearing a bikini. And I believe there's case law out there that would, that would back that up. If that's actually a bona fide requirement of the position and you can't really be who you are as a company without it. True. So... Usually advertising a job opening specifically for one gender or sex or another, probably not a good idea. Probably usually almost never a good idea. Almost never, but maybe bikini baristas. Right. You often, let's bring this back to our religious discussion, right? Let's look at a church. Yeah. Right. You put out an ad for a priest to come to your church, to be employed at your church. Having a rabbi apply for the job is simply not going to work, right? Even though he may be qualified in all other ways for the position. He he, he could fake it. He could fake it, right? But actually having the religious belief is kind of a bona fide occupational qualification. It's a BFOQ. Yeah. Good point. Well, thanks, Mark. Good discussion. I like that. All right. We'll be right back. 
All right, you're back where we are the hostile work environment with Mark and Dennis. And this is a special segment for us. We are every episode of this podcast, we're going to bring to you right straight from the front lines a listener email. And we invite you to let us know what your great stories are from the workplace. This is the inaugural episode, so this actually doesn't come from somebody who's listened to us yet, but we're pretty sure that they will be listening to us because we've told them that they have to. So they were nice and gave us a story. So Mark... And let me, before I get into the story, before I read the email that we got, I just want to say, if you want to send us your story... Send it to us at stories at hwepodcast.com. Brilliant. hwepodcast.com. We'll also take recordings. We're not, we don't have a phone line set up yet, though. We're looking at doing that in the future. But if you have a recording and want to record it, feel free to email that in an MP3 format. That would be awesome. To stories. We'll play it on on the air. Just be careful. If your voice is recognizable, you might not want to use real names, real employers' names. And if you send us your stories, we're not going to out you. We're not going to give your name unless you ask us to. We might give your first name, not your last. We won't use your company name. It will be totally appropriate. It will be appropriate and anonymous. Even if the story is not appropriate. We actually want inappropriate stories. It's what we're about. So, Mark... Tell us the story. This one's All awesome. All right. So we got we got this email from uh, a request that I put out on LinkedIn uh, this weekend. It is, it's a doozy. So I'm just going to read it out. An employee complained that the local buyers in the division were getting free water bottles and other tchotchkes from suppliers. I love that she used the word tchotchkes. I love the word tchotchkes. That, it's, a great, it's a great word. So they were getting free water bottles and other tchotchkes from suppliers. So HR investigates. It turns out that they were getting much bigger gifts, quote-unquote bribes, such as gas grills sent to their homes. Two that is the king of all tchotchkes. Right it is, that's a big... The gas grill. That's a mega tchotchke. Mega tchotchke. So two female buyers were terminated as a result, and a third male supervisor was reprimanded. Okay. So that's already... That's some carnage there. We fire from, the women, but not the man. I'm just... You, yeah, and we don't have any more information we, on that front. So, maybe he was not as culpable. Right, but, We're not pointing fingers. But so far, this is this is some carnage out of a complaint about free water bottles. Brilliant. All right. But is that the end of the story? Of course not. Not even close. So female buyer one on her way out the door. So this is one of the female buyers who was being terminated. Yeah. Reported that her supervisor was sexually harassing her. And that she had the texts to prove it. As she's going out the door. As she's going out the door. Wow. So he goes from reprimanded to fired. Oh, it was the same guy. It was the same guy. I love it. Female buyer number two on the way out the door says that her supervisor errantly sent her a very inappropriate text aimed at another employee. Like he got the number wrong? He got the number wrong. (laughs) So when HR investigated... There actually were many inappropriate emails and texts between this male supervisor and a female HR manager. Wow. And of course, this included body parts. Of course. Of course. And all of this was done on their company phones. Of course. So now both of them were fired too. Awesome. 
On his way out the door, the texting supervisor handed over an envelope of money with hundreds of dollars in it. What? And said, we'd better give everyone in the fantasy football gambling (laughs) ring their money back. All of the people in this fantasy football league, gambling ring, whatever you want to call it, were also employees. Of course. So in the end, five terminations and an envelope full of cash over a simple complaint about a water bottle. Wow. She finishes by saying, you simply can't make this stuff up. You can't make it up. And that. I believe is a mantra for what's coming on future episodes of hostile work environment with Mark and Dennis. The things you simply can't make up. You can't make it up, but you can talk about it and make fun of it. And we will. Absolutely. So please send your stories to stories at hwepodcast.com. Awesome. And that's a wrap for this inaugural episode of the Hostile Work Environment. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you laughed your ass off a bit. We hope so. We hope you subscribe. We hope you rate it and give it like a million stars or at least five because that will help other people who enjoy this type of awesome broadcasting find our podcast and listen to it so that they too can give it five stars and subscribe and make us wealthy beyond all of our dreams of avarice. Which is is why we're here. Why we're We're here. So why we're here. We hear all podcasters get filthy rich absolutely filthy rich that's we want to be filthy rich so please like us like (laughs) us on facebook and linkedin listen on soundcloud and stitcher and itunes and subscribe and do all that jazz do all the good stuff yeah thank you thank you for listening talk to you next week bye